Great shows, great music. MileHighRadio.com. What are you listening to? And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am the socialite. I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And I am so happy today because I have a return guest. And not only is she a return guest, she is calling in from Switzerland. So anybody who thinks that you know social media and things like that are just for your local areas, no, because I believe that I met my guest on LinkedIn, um, which is what we're going to talk about today. So welcome back to Sarah Santa Croce. Thank you so much, Deb. Thanks for that nice intro. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> well, honor. you have such great information that, you know, we, we wanted to have you back. But, you know, for people who didn't listen last time, let me go ahead and, and tell people just a little bit about you. Sarah Santa Croce helps small business owners get clients online. She will teach you how to increase your online visibility so you can quit chasing clients and get found, how to tap into the power of social media to increase your leads, and how to understand and master the intricacies of Internet marketing. LinkedIn is her favorite platform, and she helps businesses and entrepreneurs to use it in order to capitalize their growth. Sarah's expertise and eagerness to share her knowledge with others have made her an in-demand expert and sought-after presenter at numerous workshops and, and webinars. Sarah lives and works in beautiful Switzerland, but works in three languages with people from all over the world. Sarah did live in the United States for a while, which is why she has this uh, just fabulous uh, English grasp, and, and you know we're not having to do this in French, which, oh, <laughs> my French is really bad. Um, but, you know, again, welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Yeah, on the back of the français, you know, I took French as my college uh, language, and, oh, you know, I, I couldn't do anything in it anymore. And I had three full semesters, so right. I don't know what that says. Yeah, you just need to come to Paris and practice again. I knew. <laughs> and I, they would immediately take one look at me and go, oh, yeah, she's one of those people. <laughs> So it, I want to really talk about LinkedIn um, because, you know, the holidays are, are getting to, to be upon us. And what happens a lot of times with businesses and, and with business people is that we have fewer meetings. You know, for whatever reason, we're, we're not scheduling meetings with clients. We're kind of catching up on things. And so I think it's a perfect time for us to catch up on LinkedIn. You know, when was the last time you looked at your LinkedIn account? Uh, you know, have you used it recently? Does it, you know, if, if you open it up, are the cobwebs and, and dust going to, to, you know, virtually flow off of it? So that's why I wanted to talk with you, Sarah, to really give people some tips on things that they can spend 10 minutes, an hour, you know, maybe here and there, to really beef up how they use LinkedIn and make it such a powerful tool going into 2015. Excellent. Yeah, I know. I agree. I think, you know, sometimes you just have to take 10 minutes per day and kind of work on, you know, your profile, but not just the profile, but then also the how are you going to, what are you going to do with this profile because it doesn't end there. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that is probably one of the things that so many people have done is they have done their profile, good or bad, you know, and, and but then they kind of either ignore it or expect that it's going to work on their own, um, you know, and, and so it's it's actually committing to spend that time working on it. Um, you know, I've, I've started doing this myself. I went in yesterday and rewrote my entire summary, making sure that I used the whole 2,000 characters. I think I'm actually at, at you know, like two characters short of 2,000. But I really wanted to, to rework it um, to make sure that it 
addressed my goals for 2015. So talk to us about why a summary is so important because, you know, so many times I will go to somebody's LinkedIn profile and they don't have one, which, oh, yeah, um, or they've got two or three sentences. Um, so why is someone's profile summary so important on LinkedIn? Yeah, it's true what you say. You would think that it's so obvious that you need that summary section, but it's true. A lot of people just start with the expert experience sections. And the summary is really essential because it's the first thing. It's at the top of your profile. And it's some, well, the word says it itself. You know, it summarizes your, your background. It summarizes your expertise. And that's where you really want to position yourself in that in those 2,000 characters, you want to tell the visitor of your profile what it is you maybe you did in the past, but mostly uh, what it is you're doing today, who you're working with, so they immediately understand, okay, is this somebody that is of interest to me? Mm-hmm. Of course, it depends uh business owner. Uh, I'm mostly talking about LinkedIn for business. Uh, if you are a candidate, well, it's equally essential because you also want to tell the recruiter in a nice, summarized way what you've done in the past and what your experience is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and to me, the summary is almost the teaser. Um, you know, so many people, that's the first and maybe the only thing that they're going to read. So you, that's why you want to have that information in there. But then it can also lead people into reading more about you. And I think that's where so many people miss the boat is, you know, they, they don't say something like, for more detailed, you know, more information on my specific experience, be sure to read further down in my profile or, you know, something like that. But I always tell people if that's the only thing they read, they better get everything they need from your summary. Exactly, yeah. And, and another tip, what... Many people don't do that. They think, oh, 2,000 characters is way too long. Who's going to read that? And that's true. But what you can do is you can break it up into different paragraphs. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can't use formatting, but you, for example, what I recommend is that you use capital letters for titles mm-hmm. of each paragraph right. because people are scanners online. They just want to mm-hmm. scan through the content and they want to just read what's important to them. And so mm-hmm. if you give them these sub headings, they will, you know, pick out what they want to read. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was interesting when I was working on mine, you know, I, I wrote everything that I wanted to say, and then I did the character count, and I was way over. And I would have thought that I hadn't gotten anywhere near the 2,000. And so I think that's where, you know, sometimes people think 2,000 is a lot. When you start doing it, it really fills up pretty quickly because it, it is not just characters, it's the spaces too. Yeah. So, you know, 2,000, you hit that really pretty fast. Yeah, and, and most of the times, um, the, you know, entrepreneurs, they have a website already. Well, just grab some information that's on your website. That, you know, should be the same. You should have the same kind of online presence on your mm-hmm. site, on your LinkedIn profile, on your Facebook page, Google+, whatever, right? It's, it all has to be aligned. Right. So don't reinvent the wheel. It's it's already somewhere. You just kind of need to adapt it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think some people, you know, and, and initially when I was on LinkedIn, I was definitely this way. I couldn't even figure out how to start. You know, and, and you, you just mentioned, you know, pull things off of your website, your brochures, things like that. You also had a great tip, and, and you've done this program before, and you're going to do it again, and we'll talk more about it um, later on. But it's, it's a LinkedIn challenge where you give all of these great tips. And one of the tips that you gave was think about how you introduce yourself to people at, say, a networking thing, and maybe even record that, because that's a great way to kind of start that summary. Exactly, yeah. It, it, it all comes down to your pitch. What, what's your pitch? How are you going to present yourself? Mm-hmm. And don't write it in the third person. A lot of people still have their summary in the third person, as if, you know, they're a royalty or something. Right, right. It needs to be like your your website, and you want to write it mm-hmm. in the first person. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's funny, because I, I do mine in the, the first person, but I almost found myself wanting to write it in third person. Um, you know, and, and so I had to kind of backtrack a little bit, and to me, it, it really should be exactly what you said. It's just like you're speaking to someone. And so I'm not going to say, well, Deb Creer does. because you know, They're going to look at me like, really? Um, you know, and, and so maybe that is where it's a great tip that you have to think about 
how would you introduce yourself to somebody yeah. you know, and, and record that real quickly and then transcribe it and, and go from there because it, it, that is exactly it. You know, If you come up to somebody in a networking event and they say, so tell me what you do. That's really your summary. Yeah. Um, you know, now you might expand on it because we've all gotten into the, you know, 30 second elevator speech. But it, how would you introduce yourself to somebody if, if they said, tell me a little bit about what you do in your background? Exactly. And, and so also the fact that you, what you said, you know, um, that, that, that you almost wanted to write it in the third person. That's because we, when LinkedIn first started, it was just basically your profile was an online CV. And mm-hmm. CVs nowadays, we still write in the third person, right? Right. So it kind of felt natural. Well, well maybe then I'm going to write in the third person. I'm going to talk mm-hmm. about myself, how great Sarah is, and you know, all the things she did. Uh, it, but a lot of things have changed on LinkedIn, and so right now it's really not the case anymore. We want to mm-hmm. make it so. So you, you know, people think of you as, as approachable because they feel like they're almost talking to you. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, now we've got this great summary, and we, you know, we've, we've rewritten it. We've thought, you know, how are we going to pitch ourselves for 2015? But there's two more things that, that you talk about that are so important, and the first is your professional headline. So explain to people what a professional headline is and why it should be more than just your current job title. Mm-hmm. So the professional headline is the one to three lines underneath your name. So that's the uh, basically the location that is most visible on LinkedIn because it shows up whenever you comment somewhere or in group discussions or it, it's the first thing on your profile, like right next to your picture. So it really defines you. And a lot of people make the mistake to either use just, like you said, generic job titles, so CEO or manager or director or things like that, and then the second mistake people make is they, they use their company name because, you know, they're like, oh, I'm a business owner, I should be using my company name, but nobody knows the name of your company. That's not something that people would look up in uh, the, the LinkedIn search bar. Mm-hmm. So it's actually doing you a disfavor if you're, you, you're wanting to promote your company name because people, that's not what people are searching for. And the headline is, is very important for the LinkedIn search algorithm. Uh, so right. you want to place your keywords there and you want to, to explain really quickly in one to three lines what it is you bring to the table and how you help people if you're a business owner or how you help companies if you, um, or corporates, if you are looking for a job. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love what you just said about, you know, you, you shouldn't have your company name there because we do look for company names when we're doing a search. You know, maybe I'm wanting to make a contact at, you know, XYZ company, and so I'll put that in there. But that's, I find that because they put that in their experience section. I'm not, you know, I'm not wanting to find it up there. And and as you were talking, I thought, you know, just think of people who are even very well-known people who you might not really know what their company is. I mean, Warren Buffett immediately came to mind. I mean, if somebody, I mean, granted it's Berkshire Hathaway's, but, you know, there's all those things there, you know, or Bill Gates or, you know, somebody like that who's a very well-known person, you don't always even know their company name or they're so well-known you don't care about their company name. Um, you know, and, and so it's more, that that comes back to almost your 30-second elevator pitch, you know, that little sentence or two that, that can go in there to really capture somebody's attention. Exactly. And it's also, we're, we're living in an era where human, the human is, is much more in the center again, so... Who cares about the company, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's your own company or it's a company you work for at the moment. Uh, you know, job cycles are much shorter now. So mm-hmm. before we used to you know, work at the same company the, our whole life, that's not the case anymore. So mm-hmm. focus on your expertise that you can take with you rather than on the company loyalty who you might be loyal to, but it's not the same vice versa. So. Right, right. And even if you're using it as part of your company, you know, maybe you're in sales or you are the CEO or whatever, as we said, that information is elsewhere in your profile. Exactly, yeah. Well, and I still remember I went to a networking event, and this was at least 10 years ago, maybe even longer ago than that, when the speaker got up and talked about the fact that you shouldn't introduce yourself using your job title. 
because nobody really cares that you're the president, that you're the CEO, that you're the, you know, the whatever. I want to know what you can do for me. I really, you know, and, and if that means you're the president, that's great. But I don't care. I just want to know what you can do for me. Exactly. That's why I like what I usually tell clients when I work with, with them on their profile. I tell them, okay, come up with some kind of title that, you know, uses your keywords. Uh, so not CEO, but, you know, finance expert or something like that. Uh, so finance would be the, the keyword. But then, um, you know, add uh, a sentence that goes something like, I help businesses or I help people, dot, dot, dot. And so you fill in the, the word there, and they're all going to be keywords for you. And you're telling people what you can help them with, and that exactly repeats what you just said. So it's all about, you know, what's in it for me? How can you help me? Right. Well, and I love the example that, that you gave in, in your uh a LinkedIn challenge where someone's headline, he's a realtor. And I mean, how many times have we seen realtors on LinkedIn? You know, and, and many times they just have, you know, realtor at XYZ. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but this person's headline says, I sell real estate and everything I touch turns to sold. So, you know, they took a little twist of the turns to gold phrase, but I love that because that, that obviously captured my attention. Yeah. Makes you stand out. Mm-hmm. Right. So the other really important part of your profile, and, oh, you know, I, I see this mistake far too often, is having a bad photo or even worse, the no photo. But why is somebody's photo so very important? And, and what are the tips that you give to people about that? Mm-hmm. I always find it like, really, do I have to waste my time talking about this? <laughs> but it's surprised. every day. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, well, obviously, uh, LinkedIn is a professional platform. So, yes, it's a bit more serious than other social platforms. But even on your Facebook page, I wouldn't put a silly photo uh, on my on my profile picture. So, LinkedIn, you know, even more so. And so, it needs to be a professional shot. You know, if you can have it done by a, pro- a photographer. Um, no background, um, you know, people in the background or family or accessories or or the, the worst probably is for us uh, women, um, shoulder, uh, strapless, um, you know, shirts. And so it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. looks like you're not wearing anything. So that's, you know, that's just not good. I mean, it's, yeah. It's kind of the, now what are the, what is she selling? Exactly. <laughs> no, it just looks. Cheap, and so you don't want that reputation. And most, you know, most of the time when I work with clients, and that's the case, they're they don't even realize that they're giving that kind of image of themselves. So, yeah, the the, the image, the the profile image, is it, it, it's essential because it's where the eye automatically goes first. So uh, they've done some, um, I don't know, with with a scan or uh, ultra. Mm-hmm. Violet, I, I guess I don't know how to right. call it. Yeah, and, and uh, you can scan it, and you can see that the the eye really automatically goes to the profile picture and the headline. So that's mm-hmm. what the eye captures first. And so that's why it's important to have a good profile picture. Right. Well, and you know when I've seen photos that I, I think are, are something that should be replaced, typically what somebody tells me is. But I like that picture. I was, you know, uh, um, there's a couple people that that I know that um, have used photos of when they got married, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and obviously that is a day that is so special to them, mm-hmm. and and it really is a good photo. But you know, do you really wear the the white silk tie when you're going to make business calls, or you know, it's, it's very clear that it's a, a wedding photo. Mm-hmm. Um, now I did see one woman's one time where it was her second marriage, and so she had a suit on, and you know, and, and it was actually a very good photo. And and uh, uh, and I told her, I said, I'd leave it. You know, I, I thought it looked good, but I came across one, and this was yesterday, and it was just one of those that I have kept. Because I, it's the perfect example of the what not to do. <laughs> this person sent me a request to connect on LinkedIn, and his profile photo, and, and I actually had to look at it several times, and I asked other people too. He's in a chair in a hospital. So he's got the, the IV bag hanging there. He's using the, the hospital tray table. He's got his laptop sitting there. And bless him, he's in his boxers. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, needless to say, I didn't accept his request to connect. But uh, why would he think that was an appropriate photo for LinkedIn? I have no idea. But I mean, it just—it's—it's it's the ultimate example of what not to do. And and you know, and and now, of course, you know, this this photo has now made the rounds, and you know, hopefully, this person never knows that I've done this. But you know, it, it, because I posted it online, I did you know, all sorts of things, and and. I, yeah, I mean, in that case, no photo would be better than that photo. Better to have the, the just the, the default picture than mm-hmm. right, right. You know, and and part of the reason I didn't accept his request was, you know, it was one of those generic requests to to connect. The I would like to connect with, I would like to add you to my network on LinkedIn. I believe is what the generic is. Why shouldn't people use that? Um, because that's another one of the key tips that you provide is. You know, how do you how do you ask people to connect with you? Yeah, um, well, if you go up to someone at a networking event and without talking to them, you just hand them your business card. What mm-hmm. do you think the response would be to that gesture? Right. Mm-hmm. They're probably just going to stick your card in their pocket or throw it on the table, or well, they would think you're completely weird. You know, you're not introducing yourself or nothing. And so that's basically what a lot of people, and I'm, I'm sure it's somewhere in the 99%, uh, because I get, you know, average about 10 to 15 invitations uh, per day, and, you know, there's occasionally there's one that's, that's customized, but all the others mm-hmm. are not. And that's what those people are all doing. And I'm not really blaming them because, uh, you know, they just don't know better, so it's not like they're being mean or anything um, or rude. It's just that LinkedIn doesn't kind of educate us, and they do right. say, you know, put in a message, but it's optional. So mm-hmm. uh, I really wish LinkedIn would change that and say, hey, right. you do have to tell people mm-hmm. why you would want to connect. Mm-hmm. And right. so, uh, that, yeah, so that that's so essential. And if listeners are just taking a one, one tip away of uh, today's uh, recording, then I would like it to be that, that you start mm-hmm. – personalizing invitations on LinkedIn. Not only um, will people remember you better, but they will also add you as a relation and not just another number in their network. Well, and I think one of the problems, and, and I discovered this totally by accident, is when I accessed LinkedIn from my iPad, you know, if, if I'm sitting at my computer, then it gives me the option to immediately personalize, and, and which I do, but if I send a request to connect from my iPad, it doesn't give me that option. It just sends off that, that you know, I'd like to connect with you thing. And, and I hate that mm-hmm. because it is, you know, unless it's somebody that I know very well, you know, I really want to personalize it. And even if I know them well, I want to point out, you know, hey, it's been, you know, can't believe I just found you on LinkedIn or, uh, you know, something along those lines because, unfortunately, you know, we're we're not as memorable, I think, as we all like to think we are. And so it's it's good to always remind them we just met at this networking event or hey, we went to high school together or, you know, whatever it is, just give them that little touch point, especially with women where we may have you know, we've changed how we look. Well, you know, <laughs> um or, you know, sadly we've aged. Or more importantly, we've we've had name changes. Yeah. Um yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, I think that's where you want to put that in there just to, to remind them who it is. Yeah. Yeah. There is now ways to customize also on the uh, mobile apps. Ah. Um, but it's so complicated to find mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, it really takes you a while to figure it out. But mm-hmm. once you know, uh, so I have uh, an Android and it's kind of like the, the button at the, you know, next to the home button on the left, mm-hmm. and there okay. you click that and it says customize. And oh. uh, here with the iPhone, it's at the top right corner. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of find it up there to uh, be able to customize the invitation. But it, right. they have added that. So mm-hmm. once you figure it out, you could uh, customize also only mobile mm-hmm. apps. Well, and then one of the other tips that you provide is the fact that when you connect with somebody, you know, reach out to them and thank them for that connection. Why Why is that important? Well, to, to establish that relationship, just by adding someone to your LinkedIn network doesn't mean that you're, you know, going to really know the person. So it, it's important if you want something out of this relationship in the future 
that you kind of take a few steps and a few messages back and forth and saying, hey, you know, thanks so much for adding me or thanks for accepting my invitation to connect. And then um, nothing promotional. You don't want to say, hey, here's my uh, landing page. Please sign up. That would be the wrong way to do it. But if you have something that you can give away for free, so um, you know, like a link to an article, then that's fine. But don't send them to a landing page. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and what I do is I just say, you know, thanks for the connection. And if I can ever help you with anything, uh, introduce you to someone in my network, let me know. So I don't even go to the links or, or, or you know, downloads or anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the things that, that you suggest is just keeping that kind of fixed text um, in a Word document, and then you just cut and paste it, um, so you're not having to retype it every time. Because you know we all are very limited with our time, and I think that's why so many business people think, "Ugh, I can't do this. It takes too much time." So if you streamline the process by doing those where you cut and paste, you know you still should personalize it, um, but. You know, I, I like that. And, and I never accept a request to connect, even if it's somebody that, that I know, without looking at their profile first. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to see, because maybe there's something about them that I didn't know. Um, you know, and, and so I always go in and look at their profile. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's still quite a few fake profiles in circulation, and so it's always important to, you know, first look in who's this person, does it, fit into my connection strategy because everyone should have some kind of strategy in place. Who, who am I connecting with? Is, and it depends on your business. It depends on your situation. And so you decide after looking at the profile, yes or no. Right. Well, and, you know, sometimes the, the fake profiles can still get you. You know, I, I had one last week that the profile looked really good. And, you know, this was a professional man. He was, you know, he had a, a pretty detailed profile. And so I accepted his request to connect. And the next thing I got was, hi, you're pretty. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so all I do, I just immediately report those as spam. Yeah. Um, but I also, if somebody comes back at me with a hard sales pitch, I report that as spam also. Yeah. Um, you know, because my understanding is LinkedIn contacts them if they get, you know, enough of those. And, you know, it helps to educate them. You know, they granted they do sometimes find out it is a fake profile, but then that's good because then they delete it. But, yeah, you know, and, and but I've also taken the opportunity on occasion to tell people, you know, you might want to rethink how you do this, especially the people who are going to help me with social media. I'm like, really? Like, maybe you should have read my profile. I mean, that would be like me going to you and saying, hey, Sarah, I can help you with LinkedIn. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I've had that before. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Yeah. Well, it's not like, you know, we can always learn more. I'm not saying I know everything. Right, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's clear that they didn't read the profile no, when right. they've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and it's funny because some of those people I actually keep as connections because they keep spamming me. So then it gives me, you know, things that I can use as examples. I'm like the poor guy in his boxer shorts. Um, you know, and, and, but it comes back to this is a professional platform and you have to always behave professionally. You know, you wouldn't walk up to somebody at a networking event who maybe you did just meet and say, hey, I've got this great product or service that I can sell you. Because they're going to look at you and, and turn around and walk off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, we are, time just flies when I talk to you because you have so many great tips. Um, we are already um, ready to take our, our break, so we're going to do that. And when we come back, I want you to tell people about, you know, we've kind of alluded to it a couple of times, this training program that you offer because you it's getting ready to start up again and and you know it's it's a, a great program and I really want our listeners to find out more about it. So I am Deb Creer and I am on Mile High Radio talking with Sarah Santa Croce and we will be back in just a moment. And now, we're back for more fun and inspiration with social media expert Deb Creer and her fabulous guest. 
And we are back. I am Deb Creer on Mile High Radio having an absolutely fabulous conversation with Sarah Santa Croce, who is connecting with us all the way from Switzerland. So you know, you got to love this. She's in Switzerland, I'm in Atlanta, and the station is in Denver. We're worldwide. <laughs> We've got every base covered here. We've been talking about LinkedIn, um, and several times I have talked about the fact that Sarah has this great program, and it's getting ready to start up again. So, Sarah, first, tell people how they find you online, but then tell us about your LinkedIn challenge and, and how people can get involved in that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, people can look me up on uh, LinkedIn, of course, Sarah Sinacoche. Um I'm uh, going to spell that for you because it's a bit difficult. So S-A-R-A-H, and then Santa Croce, Santa like Santa Claus, and then C-R-O-C-E, Santa Croce. And uh, my website is Simplicity Small Biz with a Z at the end with the dot com. No, sorry, C would be the uh, British version, right? How, how do you? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then my uh, LinkedIn challenge, that's what I call this uh, program, where people can get free LinkedIn tips for 21 days from uh, LinkedIn experts uh, from all around the world. So oh, I always have a great team. So it's not just my tips, but I invite other great people um, in the U.S. For this year, I have, for example, Neil Schaefer, who's on the program, uh, Mike Alton, has agreed to submit a tip with Iskovich, so lots of great uh, LinkedIn experts. And so uh, the link for that is uh, thelinkedinchallenge.com, and uh, you can sign up, and you uh, will get those tips directly into your inbox. It starts on December 1st, and one important thing, it's totally free. So uh, go ahead and go over to thelinkedinchallenge.com and sign up. Great, great. Well, and as I mentioned, I signed up for it when you did it earlier this year. And one of the things that um, you gave at the end of the program was a document uh, that recaps all of this. And it is something that I pull out, you know, several times because it has such great tips. And, and it also has links to more detailed information because, you know, sometimes somebody just wants the, the quick information, but maybe they do want something that's much more detailed. So it really is a great resource. And, and um, it's, it's something that, as I said, I, I look at several times. Excellent. Great, great. Well, now, one of the things that, I, you know, so we've, we've gone in, we've got a great photo, no boxer shorts, no, you know, revealing outfits for the women. You know, we're going to look professional on, on LinkedIn. We now have a great headline. We've got a great summary. You know, we're just going to assume that people have filled in their experience and, and their education, things like that. Let's talk groups because, you know, I think groups are one of the most underutilized but best features of LinkedIn. So what do you think about groups? And and you do have one for the challenge, right, if I'm remembering correctly? Yeah, that's right. I have. Uh, so if you're signing up to the challenge, you also get access to this uh, LinkedIn challenge LinkedIn group. And I already have uh, over 700 people on there from the past challenges. And so it's really a place to, you know, of course, make more connections and, and kind of socialize, but most importantly also to ask any other LinkedIn question that comes up during the year because that room stays open for the rest of the year. And, uh, yeah, I would agree with you that LinkedIn groups are, you know, probably one of the most powerful ways to, to make more connections but also to get visibility and uh, kind of position yourself as a thought leader in specific groups that are uh, of interest to you. Um, I would also say, though, that, you know, some groups are nicely well-managed, and then there's others which are, you know, just a, basically a link-dropping place where um, uh, everybody drops just their links to blog posts and spams and, and publicity and things like that. So you need to do a little bit of research to find good well-managed, you know, the bigger the group, the more time it will take for the group manager to moderate this group. So it's not, it's not a guarantee that every group is going to be good. Mm -hmm. But if you find a good one, then yes, it's definitely helped my business a lot and I'm sure Mm -hmm
Well, and it's one of those circumstances where you really do get out of it what you put into it. Um, you know, if, if, uh, you know, there are groups that I am a member of that I need to go back and just not be a member of because I get the emails that say, you know, new post and I don't even open it. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, that group again. Or worse, I think it's spam and I don't even pay any attention to it. So clearly it's not a group that I'm either benefiting from or, or using, but you know, you can be a member of 50 groups, and I think that's just way too overwhelming. I'm not sure why LinkedIn, you know, allows that many. To me, you know, I'm a member of probably 20 groups, and 20 groups is too much. But it's it's obviously a personal preference. If you're really working LinkedIn well, you might be a member of 50 groups and be, be getting a lot of benefit from it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, how do you find a group that's beneficial? Let's just kind of start for people who don't even know what they're doing with a group. How do they find one that, that might be something that they would be interested in? Let me just answer something about the, the number of groups because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, you, you definitely have a good point. I mean, there's no way you can interact on 50 groups. Mm-hmm. However, in LinkedIn search algorithm, if you have 50 groups on your profile, you get ranked higher in search results. Um, and so I do recommend my clients that you add all those 50 groups and uh, and then just go into the settings and say, okay, from these guys, I just don't want any email at all. But you still <laughs> add them as a group. Um, so first of all, for LinkedIn search results, but then also because you're adding uh, more reach to your network because mm-hmm. everybody who's connected with you through a group you can automatically send them an invitation to connect. Where if these people, if you're not part of the same group, they're now in your third or farther degree connection, mm-hmm. and so you can't invite them to to your network. Ah, now see, I had no idea that that I really should be a member of fifty groups because it would increase. In, okay, so I will go back, and you know, I'm I'm the cobbler's kid. You know, I don't always have good shoes, and so I'll go back and make sure that the the groups that that I have optimized my number, and you know, really rethink that process. So this has been great. Wow. Yeah. So so yeah, just add fifty groups, but then also make sure you don't get emails. I don't, I don't want 50. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things, too, that people need to remember is they can change those settings. I think the default is that you get notified daily. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it depends on why you're using it, and, and it's going to vary probably even from group to group. But you can change those settings so that they're not, you know, pinging you all that often. Um, but, you know, maybe it is a group where you want to make sure that you're getting that information, so you, you want to set that that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I recommend three to four groups where you really get the emails. Um, I would even say we, on a weekly basis is enough. Mm-hmm. Then you just get the summary. Um, and all the other ones you just turn it off completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. So so how do you find a, a good group? What right. most people do wrong is they, they think, uh, for example, you know, let's take you, Deb, you're a social media expert. Oh, I'm going to join all these other social media groups, right? Right. Um, that's that's a, an okay strategy because obviously you're going to get, um, you know, other content and you can uh, kind of share experiences and ask questions. So I would definitely say yes, choose one or two groups in that mm-hmm. social media area. But then most importantly what you want to do is you want to uh, figure out where your target audience, where your prospects are mm-hmm. and which kind of groups they join, and that those are the groups that where you want to go and interact right. and be able to mm-hmm. answer questions they have about social media and so mm-hmm. on. So that would be my recommendation: find groups that are in where your target audience hangs out. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, you don't want to be salesy there. You know, now if somebody asks a very direct question, you know, where can I buy? Then you know that's that's different, but you know, if you're just providing information and you're being that great resource, then intuitively people will know, oh, I can go to Sarah, I can go to Deb, because they're a great resource for this. Um, you know, and, and you weren't being the used car salesman with, you know, always waving the, the sign saying, buy for me, buy for me, buy for me. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think I ever, I might every now and then, yeah, offer or mention uh, trainings that I do, but I would never go in there and say, yeah, here's a link, buy my program <laughs> Right. You know, right. That just doesn't fly on these groups. Mm-hmm. Doesn't fly on social media anywhere, I would say. No, no, 
You know, and, and, um, one of the, the, you know, people, as we, you know, have said, people are always wondering what groups to join. I always tell people, look for alumni groups from, you know, the, the college or university or school that they attended. There's something about alumni, especially here in the United States, where they want to help other alumni. It doesn't even matter when you graduated. You know, I've, I've had people who graduated 30, 40 years before I did who've, who've been very helpful resources. So there's something about alumni groups that really does it make a, a good fit sometimes for people to join. That's, that's a great strategy. I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it, it, it's also one of those kind of touch points where, you know, we, we like to work with people who have similar interests in a lot of cases. And, you know, especially here in the States, boy, college alumni, they just bond, you know. And, and so if you can say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a CU buff or, you know, all those various things, or you can, you can be rooting against other people, you know, hey, you know, we're, you know, we're so and so and so and we, and the team we don't like is, um, you know, and, and so that's where sometimes those alumni groups can really come in handy. Yeah. No, it's always people feel, reassured if you have things in common with them, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and I think the key for people to remember about a group is it's an online networking uh, organization is, is maybe the easiest way to put it. And so that's how you want to interact with people. You know, it comes back to the you don't be overly salesy, um, you know, all of those various things. And, and, and in a regular networking group, you would provide information. You would say, hey, you know, I've got this great resource. Uh, you know, here's a great article that I just read. You know, all of those things. So treat it like you would, uh, you know, an, an actual in-person type of meeting. Yeah, that's true. And what you just said is it, also true. People tell me, well, I'm not blogging, so what am I going to say on these uh, groups? Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't matter if you're sharing other people's content. People mm-hmm. still appreciate you because you're the one who's sharing it and they'll right. see you as the resource and they'll see you as the specialist because they know that you've read it and they know that you know the stuff. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's not your own content. Obviously, your own content is always, you know, better or it's the top, but if you don't create your own content yet, then, then share other people's resources. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. Well, one of the other tips that you have that I see a lot of people miss out on, and oh, I'll raise my hand and say I'm I'm not doing the best at this one either, is a company page on LinkedIn. Um, a lot of people don't even know that a company page exists because we're so used to the fact that LinkedIn is for personal networking. So tell us about company pages and, and why we should consider having them. Mm-hmm. So a company page, uh, you, most people probably know the company page on Facebook, uh, well, it's mm-hmm. the same thing. You have your own personal profile, and then you can have your company profile on LinkedIn. Um, so the benefit of having a company page on LinkedIn is, first of all, it's another link on the Internet. So it's, a, it's your own specific URL, and that helps uh, being found on mm-hmm. whether on Google or on LinkedIn. And uh, it's another place where you can describe your services and how you help people, et cetera. And then what I like also about it is that it uh, links from your own personal profile to the company page. Mm -hmm. So in your experience, you would use your company uh, name, of course, and then that would create directly a link to your company page. So in the profile at the top where it says current, um, it would say, you know, for example, for me, it would say simplicity. And then if people hover over that word simplicity, and window where it says, where, you know, it describes basically my company. And that's pulled in from the company page that I've created. Um, if you don't do that, then it will say, so, um, you know, for example, for your company, the social life, it would just say, find others who have worked here. Mm-hmm. And so if you click on that, it will open up a, a, a search result page, basically, because it will go and search, is there any other people who work at this company? Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, sometimes, uh, for example, it would take the word social, and it will just try to find um, other people who have that kind of word in their company name, and so it will actually list, actually list people who might be your competitors. Ah. And so uh, that, for me, uh, 
was a big aha moment when I, when I saw that. Like, mm-hmm. actually, some can't remember who uh, told me that, and I was like, oh wow, yeah, that's that's not good. Mm-hmm. You're sending people to your competition. So, you know, for solopreneurs, um, there's a, those reasons. Otherwise, um, yes, you're probably still going to use your personal profile more than your company page, but just to have it reserved and to have that link on your profile makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, for big companies, obviously, yes, you want a company page because it's not related to your profile. And if the, the employee leaves, well, the company page is still there and you could just change the right. management. And, and so it definitely makes sense. Well, and you can do things like post job openings and, you know, all of those various things there too. You know, and, and I like it because you can, if it's, if you're setting up your own company page, you can put a logo. Yeah. So, you know, that makes it look a little bit more professional. But I love it when I'm in my experience section and, and I link to that organization. And to me, it gives more credibility because, um, you know, and and granted, there are some of the companies that I have worked for. There's one that doesn't even exist any longer, so they're not going to have a, a LinkedIn page. But you know, it, to to be able to say, you know, for example, I used to work for ING, the you know the multinational financial corporation. So to have that in there, that looks better than if I just said. I work for ING. You work for ING. You work for ING. You know, but I've got the logo. It links to their company page. Um, but then I can also network with people who have worked there also. So to me, that's a great benefit. Yeah, I agree. Now, speaking of ING, and you're in Switzerland, you know, and and all of these various worldwide things. One of the things you talk about in uh, your tips is using LinkedIn when you travel. And to me, this is kind of a novel concept, um, but you, you travel quite a bit, so I don't know if you do this, but how do, how do people use LinkedIn when they travel to, to make connections and, and to meet with people in, in other cities? Yeah, that was a great tip, actually, in the last edition by Michael Neal, mm-hmm. the, the LinkedIn rock star. And, uh, and so he was suggesting that you look up people because you can, you know, filter people in the connections section mm-hmm. and look up people in a specific city where you're going to be, you know, you know, okay, in two weeks I'm going to travel to this, uh, city and then kind of use that information and try to set up meetings either mm-hmm. one-on-one or just say, I'll be at this and this bar at this and this day and time, mm-hmm. you know, I'd love to meet you in person. Like kind of de-virtualize and, and mm-hmm. we're connected mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, but let's meet in real life. And so you could use the, all this information that, that obviously LinkedIn gives you and, and filter it and find the cities where you're going to travel to and, and set that up like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's quite nice because um, obviously you don't know all these connections you have on LinkedIn in person, but it's amazing you know when you actually meet the person in real life and the connection is just so much deeper, right? We all know that. I mean, it's nice that we get to connect on Skype, but it's just not the same thing. Mm -hmm. So that's what Mike was suggesting. Well, and clearly you have to be cautious about it, um, especially, you know, you and I as, as women. I wouldn't want to just post and say, hey, I'm going to be at, you know, X place. I probably want to drill down a little bit further. Um, and, you know, a great example of that is when we moved from Denver to Atlanta. Um, you know, I had uh, I had a, a over a year's notice that we were going to be moving. So I had really expanded my network in Atlanta. But then when I got here, I, I did that same process. I looked for the people who I was connected with in Atlanta and sent them, you know, notes and I said, hey, you know, we're connected on LinkedIn. I have now moved and I would love to treat you to coffee and find out more about what you do. Um, I had a lot of coffee the first couple of <laughs> months that I lived here, but it was a great way for me to really build my network and build it very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a really interesting point. I, we don't move as much in, the, in Switzerland as, as you guys move around in the U.S., but uh, <laughs> I, can, I can see that as a very good strategy. And, mm-hmm. and you could probably do the same thing on on Facebook or Twitter, I'm not, probably Twitter gives you location, but I mean, LinkedIn mm-hmm. is just, yeah, it's the best tool to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, I'm, I'm connected with, who I hope, are 
business professional people on LinkedIn, um, you know, and, and so I might feel a little bit more comfortable reaching out to them and saying, hey, I'd like to have coffee or, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in your town, love to get together with you for a little bit, as opposed to, you know, just somebody that I kind of randomly know on Twitter or even on Facebook mm-hmm. um, to me. And plus, I can find out more about them on LinkedIn. You know, I'm going to know where they work, uh, you know, and, and some things like that. So it's, to me, it's a little bit safer. more safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and LinkedIn took away the feature that they had. What was it? TripIt or something yeah. like that, where it was, it was, you actually posted your travel plans. And I always thought that was a little strange. Um, yeah. But I know people who have really made some great business contacts that way. Yeah. To me, it was kind of like a show off thing. You know, ooh, lucky. Mm-hmm. I'm always traveling. Yeah. Oh, I'm, here, I'm, I'm here. here. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Where uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you brought up something that I think is, is so important. And, you know, you talk about it in your challenge, but, you know, I think we also always talk about it um, with, you know, in, in other resources. And that's, if at all possible, take your meetings into meeting in the real world. Um, why do you think that's so important to, to be able to do that? I still think that, you know, business happens when you meet someone, um, you know, Sometimes it's just not possible to meet face-to-face, but at least, you know, with technology we can meet over Skype or, or Google Hangouts. But I think to actually, you know, make a bigger investment or to commit to a mandate or anything, it's just it's nice to meet people, uh, you know, for coffee. And so, yes, mm-hmm. you'll be going uh, for a lot of coffees, but I think – I know in Switzerland that's still the way business is done, and mm-hmm. in in the U.S., okay, there's there's a bit more focus on, you know, let's let's um, you know, the distances are just much bigger, so you can't right. always do that. Mm-hmm. But, but I still think you know, uh, Skype or Google Hangout is is a good alternative if you don't actually mm-hmm. get to meet for coffee. Right. Yeah. There's something about that face to face. You know, and, and whether it's in person or, you know, through technology, that just really helps you to get to know that person a little bit more is maybe the, the best way to put that. Yeah. yeah. And to see their expressions and mm-hmm. their style and, and that all influences um, our buying decision. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, one of the other things that I want to talk about is how some, you know, we've talked about the fact that, you know, now we've got a great profile, we've joined groups. But, you know, at the, the start of the hour, we mentioned the fact that, you know, maybe you've opened your profile and the virtual dust and cobwebs are on it. How does somebody, you know, really use LinkedIn? And I'm going to say daily. You know, I think somebody should be on LinkedIn every day. And, and, and I'm not talking hours. You know, we're talking, you know, just a little bit of time. But how should somebody really work LinkedIn to make it beneficial to them? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you. It needs to be a regular presence, and that doesn't mean. It's amazing to me that some people, some clients, come to me and they don't even know that outside of the profile, LinkedIn is actually a social platform. So mm-hmm. they tell me, "Oh, yeah, I go to my, I go to LinkedIn, but what am I going to do there every day?" And they think, "Oh, I'm going to my profile." Well, obviously, you can't update your profile every day, <laughs> but uh, they don't realize that there's a news feed and there's uh, ways to share content and, mm-hmm. you know, expose your content to the, your network and, and add new connections and all of that. So when we're saying spend 10 minutes per day on LinkedIn, it doesn't mean going to your LinkedIn profile uh, every day for 10 minutes. You know, once you've done the work, well, Yes, it will change again, but probably, you know, after four or six months. So mm-hmm. the everyday tasks would be add new connections, uh, discuss in groups, uh, share your content, share other people's content, comment on people's uh, comments in the news feed. So these kind of interactions. Mm-hmm. Well, and... You know, one of the things that I love that LinkedIn does that I don't do enough of that I need to absolutely get in the habit to do more of is I get the daily email from them that is the the updates from my network. So the people who got a new job or have a work anniversary or a birthday. Um, and it, it makes it really simple for me to go and say congratulations, you know, great, you know, all those various things. And 
to me, that's just an absolutely fabulous tool that LinkedIn does that I think so many people don't take advantage of. Yeah, I agree. Especially the the birthday uh, cards or messages you, mm-hmm. you send out because people are used to getting them on Facebook. But mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, um, you know, it's different because these are not just your friends. These are your business connections. And so mm-hmm. you'll really stand out because not many people do it. With the job, um, you know, congratulations, the person has changed jobs. Make sure that you're being very careful and look at their profile first if they right. really mm-hmm. change their job because LinkedIn mm-hmm. um, kind of is super sensitive. And so the minute you just yeah. change one letter, it tells, mm-hmm. you know, sends out an alert, oh, this person has changed her job. And so <laughs> you could just end up. I, I've gotten those before. I'm like, really? I didn't change jobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh, God, Steph, you, uh, you know. No, I'm still doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just look at their profile before and decide, yeah, okay, this has right. really changed well, or not. And, again, don't just do the default because it gives you the option to uh, click like. I mean, you know, whoopee. Um, or I think the default on almost all of them is congrats. Yeah. Well, no, if I get 20 congrats, I'm going to ignore the congrats. <laughs> if I get one person who says, wow, this is fantastic, tell me more about it, that person I'm going to respond to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Never use the default on any of the texts. But if right. I could just mention another default that annoys me so much when people use it is when they ask for a recommendation. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like you don't even know the person, and they send out a recommendation request with the default message to 20 people. Actually, now they've changed, and you can only ask three people. It used to be 50 right. people that you could mm-hmm. ask at the same time. So if you want someone to do your favor and sit down and write a recommendation for you, at least take five minutes to you know, put in a personal message. Don't just use mm-hmm. the default text. Right. Well, and remind them, you know, we, we mentioned earlier that we're not, you know, as much as we like to think we are, we're not always all that memorable. So if I just send you a generic, hey, can you give me a recommendation, then I get, if they even take the time, I get a generic recommendation. Deb Creer was a great person to work with. <laughs> you know, I said it before, whoopee. Um, but, but if I send them a thing and say, you know, hey, Sarah, you were just a, a guest on my radio program, had a fascinating time talking with you about LinkedIn, would you mind giving me a recommendation about how I am as a host? Then you know exactly what I'm, I'm wanting you to say. Um, so then you would give a much better recommendation than that she was a great person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I sometimes even say, well, give them some bullet points. You know, what you would like to be covered right. in the recommendation. Don't write it for them. Um, right. But give them some bullet points. Well, and I think that's especially important for job seekers because, you know, they may have uh, applied for a specific job that says, you know, they need this, this, and this as as a job skill. And they've done those things. And so then if they go to a person and ask them for a recommendation, they want to include that in there to say, you know, hey, can, can you talk about when I was the project director for this project that lasted six months and saved us X number of dollars in the recommendation, hopefully, they will address those. And so that will catch that attention of the recruiter or the HR person. Yeah, exactly. Great. Well, Sarah, once again, we have run out of time. Um, But before we go, tell people again how they can sign up for your LinkedIn challenge. All right. So it's quite easy. The link is thelinkedinchallenge.com. You'll see my uh, my funny face there in the video and a uh, opt-in box on the right. And so you just need to submit your email and uh, name and email, and you will be added to the LinkedIn challenge. Great. You know, and and uh, as I mentioned, I did it last time. Tons of great tips. It's free. You know, it doesn't doesn't cost anything, and you get so much great information. And then a recap at the end. You get to be part of this LinkedIn group where you can network with all of these other people. So it really is a fabulous resource. Thank you so much for your kind words, Deb. <laughs> Great. Well, Sarah, again, thank you for coming on. Um, we have had a fabulous time, and you know, it's it's always great to talk with you because you do have so much great information. Um, so, to everyone out there, tell them one last time how they connect with you. Yeah. So, just look me up on LinkedIn, Sarah Tenacroce, and make sure you personalize this invitation and tell me quickly that you've listened to Deb Career's 
radio show, and I'd be happy to connect with you. My website is simplicitysmallbiz.com. Perfect. And for those who aren't already connected with me, why the heck aren't you? Um, it's pretty easy. It's, you just go to my website, and there's all my social links there. So it's just debcreer.com, D-E-B-K-R-I-E-R.com. Um, again, thank you, Sarah. To everyone else, have a fabulous day and enjoy the rest of your week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.